chapter 51. Isaiah 51. Where the Lord speaks to Zion about the temporariness of this this world. Starting at verse 1, the word of God as follows. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me and... I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look to the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. And they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. So far the word of God. Let's respond by singing Psalm 102, stanzas 10 and 11. Let's read now uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. there we read as follows but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith According to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. And now follows the text for the sermon this evening. 
So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I'll now proclaim to you the word, and after the sermon we'll sing in response. Um, the hymn on the sheet, hymn 74, stanzas 1, 2, and 4. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, and that includes you, two boys and girls, <coughs> congregation. In a short time, we can all wish each other officially a blessed new year, a happy new year. You can watch New Year's celebrations all over the world on television, in our own country too, the different time zones, fireworks, parties, exuberance. Ever wonder why we celebrate the arrival of the new year? Well, there's something about a new year that makes people feel that they can make a new start, a fresh start. It's a time to reflect on the past and then make a resolution about changing certain things you, you want to change looking at the past that were not right or good. You want to change those things in the new year. People promise themselves that the new year is going to be different. New Year's resolutions, sometimes people call those things. What happens to all those resolutions and those determinations to change by February? Things so easily end up falling in the same old tracks again anyway, right? And if you honestly reflect on your life and the way things are going in our nation and in this world, I'm afraid that you have to consider that it's going to be much of the same as last year. Much of the same old, same old. Most likely for yourself too, struggles in your life again against the same weaknesses that you have. Maybe sicknesses, physical weakness too. Most likely for our nation, a continuing deterioration, we could say, of Christian values. This has happened steadily over the last years. And continuing conflict in the world. You see so very little resolution to all these conflicts going on in, in Syria and Nigeria and other places. Maybe improvement in one place, but then, sadly, in another place, it flares up again. Conflict. Congregation, if you honestly reflect on life on this earth at this time, you could get cynical, right? Maybe some progress here, but then deterioration there again. How can we 
take heart instead of lose heart as we slide into the new year. Well, our text talks about that. It's part of 2 Corinthians 4. The apostle Paul mentions that he had lots of reason to become discouraged and lose heart too. As he traveled and worked to fulfill his ministry in the Lord, he was often crushed by trials, all kinds of hardships. He had to endure imprisonments and so on. Temptations, big disappointments to people who joyfully received the gospel. Later on, he has to write to Timothy that some of them fell away. People who he had put so much stock in abandoned him too. But however crushed and disappointed he may have been at times, and he had every reason to be crushed and disappointed and to lose heart, he did not lose heart. As he says in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 4, repeats at the beginning of our text, and he tells us why he doesn't lose heart and why, why we as Christians don't have to lose heart as we look ahead at two. He compares. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he makes three comparisons which give immense encouragement to us to joyfully continue the fight of the faith. And thinking about those three comparisons help us to put everything in the right perspective as we look ahead to a new year. We can do so without losing heart. And I preach to you God's word of encouragement in the text with this theme, no need to lose heart. Just compare three things. First, the outer with the inner nature. Secondly, the light and heavy weight of glory. And thirdly, seen and unseen things. First of all, no need to lose heart. Just compare the outer with the inner nature or the inner self. The apostle describes the first comparison, verse 16. And he says there, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So he's comparing outer self with inner self. What does he mean with those terms? Well, our outer self is our physical life here, existence here. He uses the word body back in verse 10. We read that. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Back in verse 7, he speaks about the, the body. His body is jar of clay, earthen vessel. He has the same thing in mind with the outer self. It's our mortal, mortal physical existence here. Our body with all its parts, including our brain and so on. And the apostle says that that part of us is wasting away. The Greek word here used here sounds like the word, the English word corroding away. Our physical existence here, congregation, in the current and is in a current and continual process of decline, of dying. 
You can think here of the normal process of aging. We're all experiencing that, aren't we? The undeniable reality of life is, as it says, we're in the, in the form for the baptism of infants. That our life here is a constant death. As soon as we're born, we begin to die. That's not a very happy thought, but that's the reality. Something like with a car. You can buy a new car, but from the moment you begin to drive it, it starts to wear out and starts to corrode away. Especially here, this part of the country, as you're driving it in the wintertime, it needs more and more maintenance to stay on the road. You might have an accident or two, which may kind of affect the car's operation too. Until it leaves you standing at the side of the road, if you keep it that long. And then it's scrap. That's something like what it is with our other self. Our physical existence over time, our bodies so vigorous at first, wear out. And there are injuries of which the pain just won't go away. Or which go away for a while and then come back later on in life. The Apostle Paul knew all about it. He couldn't do what he used to be able to do. His body had been damaged by all the sufferings that he had to endure because of the work of bringing the gospel. He was physically old before his time. He knew about it. And then there's also mental decline. When you become older, it becomes more and more difficult to absorb new things. And eventually you even start forgetting what you used to know. This is how everyone is in this fallen world. Because of the fall into sin, we're all weak, declining, dying people. Oh, certainly, it doesn't take anything away from the, the, beauty th- the beautiful things you can experience in life, the joys. But the difficulties will certainly come sooner or later. Outwardly, we're wasting away. Outwardly, from a human point of view, we're always in decline, wearing out. Outwardly, our life is one of loss, decline, deterioration. Well, in the text, the apostle compares that outer life, that outer self, with the inner self. Just compare those two. He says, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. Looking at believers from a purely physical point of view, you'd you'd lose heart. I'm on a continual downhill slide physically. But looking at your life from a spiritual point of view, as Christian, as member of Christ, you see a different picture. Believers decline physically and mentally, like everyone. But they also make wonderful progress in this life. They're growing. Those who seek the Lord in their lives, who seek Him in His Word and in prayer, are actually gaining advancing, growing stronger, moving forward, not in decline, but going upward. Paul writes Ephesians 3, verse 16, that the inner man is being strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit of Christ, we grow stronger 
more vigorous, more mature in faith and obedience to the Lord as time goes on. Even as our physical life is degenerating, our spiritual existence is being regenerated. Especially also through dealing with the difficulties and the trials of our physical existence. In dealing with that, we only become stronger and more alive in Christ. So on the outside, looks like decline. We can get sick, tired, older, can't do what we used to. We can eat, and eat well and exercise all we want, take all the pills we want, but physical deterioration is there. But that's not all there is. How depressing if that was it. No, spiritually true Christians are continually growing and increasing in strengths and abilities, spiritual strengths and abilities. Through faith, we grow strong in the fruits of faith. Through dealing with physical difficulties, we grow in humility, grow stronger and stronger in love, more and more able to be content in every situation. Through being busy with the word, we become more and more knowledgeable about it and spiritually alive through it, more and more renewed day by day. On the outside, declining. Maybe you experienced that in 2015 in certainly obvious ways. Some are young. They might not have, have actually experienced it as such, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. Some are older. They, they, they experienced it in obvious ways. You know, you can, even if you didn't experience that yourself, you see it in brothers and sisters in the Lord here. You can tell he or she's become a lot older over the past year. But through the relationship with Christ, if that is good, then there's wondrous growth inside. There's spiritual progress in the inner self through spirit and word and through faith believers grow stronger in the Lord and his promises and in the fruits of his spirit. Maybe not always huge spiritual growth as such, sometimes even rocky road a bit, but still growth if there is the relationship with Christ, the personal relationship with Christ. Slow, steady Maturing in the image of Christ, the inner self. So when we look ahead, we can realistically say that day by day we're in decline as far as the outer self is concerned, and that's going to continue in the new year too. But as believers, we're not going to lose heart because of that. As we look ahead, Outward degeneration can continue, but through faith, this new year too, that is coming as an opportunity for us to grow. Grow in the Lord and in the joy and the certainty of his promises. And that's what counts. Even when there are disappointments and struggles, we don't, we don't have to lose heart. It's just the outer nature. The inner can grow through that. Because especially when we have to deal with disappointments and struggles, the inner self has the opportunity to grow more joyful and stronger in the Lord. 
And that brings us to the second comparison. No need to lose heart. Just compare light with heavyweight. Congregation, the apostle writes there in verse 17 of our text. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So light and weight. Heavy light. This is a comparison number two. Paul has in mind something like a pair of scales. On the one side, he said all his troubles and afflictions in this fallen life, all the things that he has to deal with, and the other side, all the future glory promised through faith in Christ. And he weighs them off against each other. He first puts all the afflictions of this life on the one side of the scale. And we all have afflictions, right? And worries. Think back on the troubles and sorrows and the worries you had over the past year. Maybe, maybe even had severe ones. Kept you awake at night. Maybe you just about went under with your troubles. It was an almost unbearable cross for you to carry. Maybe physical or maybe mental pain. Maybe you had an intense struggle with certain temptations. Will 2016 bring more of the same? No need to lose heart. Because look what's on the scale. He says, all our afflictions are light and momentary. And don't think that the apostle was out of touch with reality when he said that. Out of touch with the reality of human suffering and troubles. Congregation, oh no, Paul knew what troubles and afflictions were if anybody did. Because he endured beatings, whippings, shipwreck, all kinds of dangers and persecutions on his travels to bring the gospel. So many times he was whipped, received the 39, the 40 minus 1 whips with with a whip, scourge. He knew what trouble and affliction and suffering were all about. He still calls it light and momentary. Light and momentary. Doesn't weigh a lot in his books. How could that be? Well, as the apostle says in the text, look at the other side. Those afflictions were achieving something glorious for him. Weighty. We can begin by saying that those troubles were weaning Paul away from the fleeting glories and rewards of this world. Because he had, he had the uh, ability to achieve fame and fortune as a learned Pharisee. But he lived for his Lord. He suffered for his Lord. And all those sufferings he underwent only made him long more for the glorious reward promised by his Lord. Namely, to be with him and his everlasting joy. Our troubles work in our souls greater and greater longing for the eternal things with Christ. In fact, as Paul writes in the text, our afflictions prepare for us an eternal glory in the future. Of course, our right to the immense glories of the new heaven and earth is only through the finished work of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We can't add to that, and we don't need to. 
The point that the Spirit makes in our text is that our troubles are necessary steps on the way to receiving the glory which Christ has obtained for us. Suffering here, affliction here, taking up your cross and following Christ is part of the process of entering into the glory of your Lord. Your afflictions, you could say, are the necessary birth pangs of the glory that is coming to you as a believer. Through our troubles, God keeps us focused on the glory that is to come to us. But there's another reason why Paul calls the troubles of this life light and momentary. That weight of the glory that is coming in Christ is beyond all comparison, he says in the text. The joy and peace in that glory outweighs by far the afflictions we'd ever have to endure here. We mentioned weight scales before. On the one side, he places all the afflictions of this life. Severe, not so severe, all of them. He knew they could be severe. On the other side, he places the everlasting glory promised through faith in Christ. And he says, there's simply no comparison between the two. The one is way up here and the other one is way down there. No comparison. When you pour that glory in Christ on those scales, it falls to to the side, to the one side like lead weight. And the afflictions go up as if that side of the scale was totally empty. Light and momentary. All the afflictions of this life that you have to endure. Even the worst ones. Let's say persecution. They're light and brief when you compare them with the immense weight of the everlasting glory which Christ has laid away for those who love him and endure in him. See, congregation, the apostles saying that when we reach that awesome glory, we will wonder in the future how in the world we could have ever complained because of any of our afflictions here. We'll say that even if our troubles had been a thousand times heavier, they would not have amounted to the momentary weight of a feather compared to the eternal glory we enjoy then, that weight of glory. And we'll even be thankful for those afflictions. At that time, because then we'll see how they prepared for us the incredible glory we enjoy with the Lord Jesus Christ. And congregation, as I mentioned, maybe you had a lot of afflictions to deal with this year. Heavy ones. Who knows what the new year will bring, though? Who knows what afflictions await us? No need to lose heart, though, over those afflictions that may come in the new year. They, too, are preparing for us the immense glory which is coming to us in Christ. They're light and momentary compared to that glory. Insignificant and brief. No need to lose heart when you look ahead to 2016 and faith in Christ. All the good things you can enjoy, but all the afflictions too, they're going to bring you only closer to something that's going to amaze you forever. 
What encouragement, hey, as we look to the future this evening. And that brings us to the last comparison of the text. No need to lose heart. Just compare seen with the unseen things. The apostle writes in the last verse of our text, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This congregation is what it, what it all comes down to as far as faith is concerned. We live by faith and not by sight. Just think that through. Because unfortunately, the great misery of mankind after the fall is that we cling so much to the physical, the tangible, the here and now. In fact, so many today are obsessed with what is seen with money, their money and possessions and clothes and food and entertainment and the good life here. That, that's all they live for. That is the totality of their life, what is seen. They want to be happy here and now. And that's all that that concerns them. But they don't realize that the here and now is transient. Something, it's not going to last and you can't hold on to it forever. It's just temporary. You're going to be disappointed if you think that that's what your whole life is about. The Bible shows us that the things that are seen are certainly going to pass away. Prophet Isaiah, we read there, Isaiah 51, verse 6. He says, lift up your eyes to the heavens, look to the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. You see, you can't depend on the things you can see or touch. Your bank book, your car, even your relationships with family and friends, those are all transient things. Like a, you know, something that's just passing, like a high brought on by drugs. It's all going to vanish. But God's salvation and his righteousness and his mercy to those who love him will last forever. That will never pass away. You can't see those things. You can't touch them now. You can just believe them. And yet those things are the real things, the eternal things. The mercy and the promises of God in Christ are forever. And see, we always need to keep that big picture in mind, that whole journey to eternity. Not just this little part of it in this life here and now. If you keep that big picture in mind, then you see things in the right perspective. Then the things we see here are going to have far less value than the things to come. And you'll treat them as that, that way too. You'll be able to give it up, no problem. Lose it for the sake of Christ. Give it away for the sake of Christ. Think of the Apostle Paul, you know, in prison, chained to a Roman soldier day and night. That was all he could see at the time. But as a believer, he fixed his eyes on what he couldn't see. And then he saw it all in the right perspective. He realized 
that his imprisonment was a temporary thing. And that the whole Roman Empire was just temporary, transient too. But the salvation and joy of a Savior, they are lasting and eternal. And therefore, he did not lose heart. Congregation, life here is so unstable and uncertain and fleeting. Things here are temporary. And we saw it again last year. You can use things here, but you can't depend on what's here. You can't put your trust in it because it can be gone just like that. And we'll certainly experience that this year too. There will be losses. Loss of money and goods, maybe. Loss of abilities, maybe even loss of life. No need for us to lose heart. As we look ahead to the new year this evening, congregation, just keep your eyes on Christ and what has been promised in him. That's the real and the lasting things. Live for those promises. They're wonderfully glorious, solid, and eternal. Congregation, you realize, I hope, that if, if you don't look to the future with eyes of faith, then there's lots of reason to lose heart, to be worried, maybe even scared as you look ahead. That's why so many people, I think, who don't have real faith try to escape that reality by getting drunk or partying hard tonight, New Year's Eve. But if you think everything through in faith, then you have every reason to look forward to the new year with hope and joy in the Lord, don't you? Then you realize that though outwardly you're wasting away, inwardly you're being made stronger and stronger in the Lord day by day. And you'll also understand that the weight of all the possible afflictions in this life isn't worth comparing to the incomparable weight of all the glory that is coming to us in Christ. And then you'll also accept that what is seen here and what you can hang on to here isn't worth keeping up at all cost. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen, what God has promised in our Lord is eternal. If you keep those three comparisons in mind, you will not lose heart in the new year, the year of our Lord, 2016. Amen. Let's sing.